Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we're so thankful we can gather here. And, and Lord, we do remember that uh, so many thousands of people gave their lives that we could have this freedom. And, Lord, we, we uh, thank you for that. And, Lord, we always want to be aware of that. So, Lord, we praise your name and thank you that we can come together and worship together and look to you and know that you're a mighty God. You do more things than we can ever imagine. And, Lord, we honor you for that. And I pray anointing on this message that you could just really speak to us and give us encouragement. And so I just pray for that. Anoint me. I just speak words of the Spirit. And I pray each heart would be open in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, you can go ahead and turn to Isaiah 29, verse 16. Um, the, the title to the message this morning is Recalibrate, <laughs> Recalibrate. And um, as you uh, look at the world now, you know, you, you think, I mean, how many of you thought like, what is going on here? What in the world is happening? And, and, I'm, and some of us may think, you know, what would God say? If he just looked and going to address everybody, what would he say? All right. Well, I really believe this is exactly what he would say to everybody here and in the United States. He would speak, look to us, and these would be the words that had come out of his mouth addressing us. In Isaiah twenty-nine sixteen, he would say, you turn things upside down. That's what he would say. That's how he'd start off. You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what his form say to the one who formed it, you did not make me? Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? Well, there are a lot of folks that think are doing it. That's how they think they know something. And why did you make me like this? Who are you? you know, and it's like, so God would address the issue. Now, you, and put yourself in that picture. It says, what would God say? He said, you turn things upside down, not even close. Now, what we know as we look at this is that Satan, Satan, and he's alive and well, and Satan is a liar. He's a liar, and he is also called the father of lies. It also says that the lie is Satan's native language. So you know how he functions. So who's behind turning things upside down? Um, and he is so good, he is so good at his lying that even solid believers will begin to question the truth and reality. Have any of you felt like, well, what is this? What's happening? Is this right? Because he's good at it. He really does a good job at it. Had a lot of practice. And so sometimes what happens is we have to shake off the lie. We just have to shake off the lie and clear out the cobwebs. We have to recalibrate and realign ourselves with Scripture. Right. Nothing has changed. Now, so as we do that, we have to acknowledge that the world is absolutely crazy. It is crazy. And look at what it says in Isaiah 45, 9 through 10. It's crazy. It says this. 
Woe to those who quarrel with their maker. Woe to the one who says to a father, What have you begotten? Or to a mother, What have you brought forth? It's crazy. See, but we praise Jesus that we have, we have wisdom and understanding through the scriptures. We have wisdom and understanding. Amen? See, we know really deep truths like, and I'm being a little facetious, but we know these deep truths on the scripture as we recalibrate and set our eyes on the Lord. We acknowledge a girl is a girl. We acknowledge a boy is a boy. Aren't we brilliant? Aren't we brilliant? See, we know. We acknowledge that the marriage is between a man and a woman. See, we acknowledge. We don't turn things upside down and say a girl's a boy and a boy's a girl. Or two guys can get married, two girls can get married. We don't recognize it's true. It's not. That's upside down. That's upside down. And we know it's upside down. Who would have the audacity to say it's correct and try to substantiate it? Satan himself. Satan himself. The liar, the father of lies, who speaks his native language, the lie. The lie. Now, so, now, of course, in all these things, people go through all sorts of things and difficulties and um, we show compassion. We just show compassion. People with deviant behavior or something comes in here and who knows, we'd be nice, all from in the back, donuts and coffee, (laughs) we'd show compassion. But we also, but we also recognize that deviation from these truths are an attack on God. They're an attack on, it's a direct attack on, and that's what God, in this section, that's what he's saying. What are you saying? <laughs> the pot is calling the potter. Say, what are you doing? You know, the clay is telling the potter, what are you doing? You know, and it doesn't work that, because he's turning, because we're turning things upside down, and Satan is turning things upside down. And so we see this, it's an attack on God. How dare you tell me anything and how I'm created or the order of things of God? How dare you, you know? And so God is like, he turns things upside down. Who in the world in their right mind? History back, and this is kind of really then general history back, known history 5,000 years, maybe you extend that 10,000 years, you know, and they'd go, this is crazy. <laughs> But it comes out, who would have the boldness to do it but the father of lies? And it's real easy. He just speaks his native language. He ain't have to make it up. He just speaks his native language. Now, so we know that these behaviors are a direct confront, confrontation to God. And we know that an attack on God springs from Satan himself. And I hope you grab the depth of what's going on. Well, they're just misled. Well, they're just, you know. And I think maybe in the national population, we can say, and that's what Satan wants to do, is mislead, you know, make people confused. And what better way to do it 
then start in junior high. They naturally get confused. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a oh, nice pot to jump into, you know, because they're already confused. Um, and so, so the whole thing, we see that Satan is the liar, and, and he's bringing this about. And like I said, people can get confused, and Satan's, he, Satan doesn't have a demon for every person. He doesn't. There, there's a mess of them, okay? But he doesn't have a demon for every person. So he has to focus his energy in hierarchy. And I don't think every individual that's confused is demon-possessed or something. I think they're confused by the demonic uh, agenda. But the people that run and push this agenda, and I want to just, this is Wallace talking, are demonic. They are demonic. And they have a demonic agenda. And they know what places to go in authority to pass and to promote their demonic agenda. Now, it's my guilt, okay, when I was watching the news, <laughs> T, you know, I told you, I always, I watch the news and get totally frustrated, you know, God. but as watching the news, and I don't take a big stockings, polls or anything, but this one just struck me, and they were talking about, well, I just say it because it's on news, about the whole transgender thing. And they just did a poll, everybody in the United States, you know how they do. 70% of the people in the United States disagree with it. Oh, what? How can this happen? Because the ones in authority pushing it are demonic. They know the authorities. They know the people of influence. They know the power. And Satan works it. And he takes over, and then he can get a small percentage and dominate the whole population. And he can use authorities to get it down into junior high. I mean, how many parents are like, you know, God, why did you give me anybody in junior high? You know, I mean, it's like... What happened to them? They were such nice little kids, and they've lost their mind, you know. Well, so Satan, he comes in. He says, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet, you know. You ain't seen nothing yet. You think they're confused now. You wait till after I work through the school system, and they'll be, they, they won't know up from down. God says, you turn things upside down. You turn things upside down. So the point of it is, is, is we realize this, is we realize this, that this, the, that the hierarchy, the demonic powers, again, Satan has limited folks, you know, he, and Satan is not omnipresent, okay? He can only be one place at one time, okay? So he knows and he picks the people to be with at that one time, in that one place, and his demonic minions around him he can only be isolated places so he has to be smart smart in working the system got it this is <laughs> just came to mind daniel shows a very interesting daniel's praying you know i mean in daniel i mean god daniel praying like god answer like that i mean it was great to read daniel you just like wow so daniel's praying three weeks nothing he gets nothing. And then finally, 
Gabriel shows up. He says, and Gabriel's like, man, Daniel, I'm sorry. You know, it's been three weeks, but I was fighting the prince of Persia. And I had to call Michael to fight him so it would release, release me to come. He is fighting the prince of Persia. And only Michael could defeat the prince of Persia because that's what Satan had control of. And so what was important about the prince of Persia at that time? It was the world power. See, Satan was messing around the third world country. It's the world power. See, and so when they said, hey, Daniel's praying, you know, Satan's going, uh-uh. Where was Daniel? Persia. He had control. And and Gabriel couldn't pull it off. He couldn't whip the guy and get down. He couldn't do it. Satan was stronger than Gabriel. He said, had to call Michael. Michael is the main archangel. And Michael came, dealt with Satan. And then Gabriel came and answered Daniel's prayers. So that's how it works. That's how it works. You know? Did every little minion and soldier in the Persian army, were, were they demon-possessed? No, they're just trying to, you know, make it and obey orders and just run their lives however they saw fit. But the hierarchy was. The hierarchy was. Don't think when you watch, well, this country, this country. No, those, those, those things are battle, demonic battlefields. Okay, now, no doubt that, you know, Satan visits and his dominions meet individuals. But the point of it is, how can such a small number of people influence, or not influence because they don't believe it, have control and impact 70%? You get that? You, you know, I want to impact Persia, then I am going to take over the kingdom of Persia. Then the country comes. See, I want, to, I want to take over and project this deviant lifestyle. Then I have to take over those in control in authority. Have you listened to some of the people on authority? You know, like you watch television. I don't recommend it, and I need to cut back. <laughs> but when you watch the news and you go, how can they say that? How can they say that? What are they thinking? They idiots? They're not idiots. They're not idiots at all. And what they're thinking, the things that they're thinking, and the deviant behavior is demonically incited. But now, see, he has to work together. He gets, you know, Satan and demonic can't just come on and boom, do it like that. It takes time. And it's got to filter through the whole hierarchy. You see what I'm getting at? That's how the 70% get sucked down the road. See? It's because of the 30%. And I don't know about those percentages, but, you know, close. So what we'll see here, and then what we ultimately see here, it's an attack on God. Oh, it's me and my kids. It is, you know. Oh, it's, you know, you know, me trying to my job and trying to make it. It is, you know. And it's like... But we know the bottom line, it's an attack on God. It's an attack on God. Don't be fooled. You know, it's for our destruction, 
but it's an attack on God. And we know that all these things come from Satan and they're an attack on God. So we just know that. Well, if we know that, it impacts how we function and our behavior. All right? And so this is kind of what this is about. And he's like, oh, my God, we need to recalibrate. <laughs> Whoa, you know, this thing's coming unglued here. We need to get in line with God and move with him. Because who's the one that defeats Satan? Did Daniel ever just suck it up and go nose to nose with Satan? Sure, you can't. You can't. Human can't. Gabriel couldn't go nose to nose with Satan. Only Michael could go nose. So what you need to like call on the Lord Jesus. It's the God. Holy, you know, we need some reinforcement. I can't do this. You know, and then that's the way we're supposed to do anyway. You know, and we call upon him. And then he moves in powerful, a powerful way in this world. So what we see here, what we see here, when we see the increase, the increase in these non-biblical behaviors, we just observe it, we just see it. When we see the increase in these non-biblical behaviors in our society, it is evidence, it is evidence that Satan feels more and more emboldened. You see it? He's getting, well, and you know, it's like, I can get away with this. That's what he said, I can get away with it. And he's getting away with it, and he feels more and more emboldened so now <laughs> is people so as we see this is people follow you know there's a growing attachment to these behaviors as people follow these non-biblical behaviors behaviors they move they move from God's truth and go increasingly towards their own personal devastation See the move. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it's like being a thief. You know, I can go to 7-Eleven, you know, and steal a candy bar, you know. Just get away with it, get away. And then I have to steal the candy bar, and then I sell it, you know. So, man, I'm going to steal a bunch of candy bars. And just, and then after a while, you know, I am going to 7-Eleven. I'm going to take the whole cash register. I'm getting this figured out. The point is, sin grows. You step in the darkness, and it grows. You don't... Stand static. Any of us in here, we won't stay static. We're going in the Lord or we're falling away. We grow in the Lord. We grow in his inside. We compromise and go in the step of darkness. And we grow in that darkness. And we get to a point we can't believe some of the things we have done. How did I get here? Or somebody else, how did you get here? A little bit at a time. See, that's what happens. So don't ever think, oh, I'll just stay here again. It's going to get worse. And see, and that's what God was saying. You can look at Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 5. God told different prophet, but the same people. Jeremiah 2, 5 says this. This is what the Lord says. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. You become what you follow. 
I'm just going to do this and just kind of be solid in this and just stay here. No, you become what you follow and then you get better at it or farther down that road. Your walk with the Lord is exactly the same way. <laughs> you step and you follow and then you Crowing it. You did more enlightenment. And then you continue to go that way. Your decision. Your decision. And so you follow. You follow a worthless idol and you become worthless. That's what's happening. So, well, things will get better. You know, we will elect all Christian people and it'll turn around. What I read, that doesn't happen. Of course, you're going to have a hard time electing. There's so many different deceived people. You're not going to be able to do that. But then you're going to elect a bunch of people that are sold out to the Lord. Let's just say that. But what they'll come into, they're going to come into a realm that is controlled by the evil one. How do you control the people? The evil one? No more people in Christ. I mean, I'm just letting you know that's what's happening. So we know what's happening. Now, so we see this with our own eyes. We're seeing in the population, we're seeing it with our own eyes, bizarre, bizarre foolishness and accompanying moral devastation. I would tell you, and again, I don't have to say this to you, but I think you should to just recognize it. You, okay, you're going to come. I know people are going to come over, and you're going to take away my cable. I mean, you are. You're going to remove my television, and you're going to say, well, just stop it. Just stop it. You need to spend more time in the world. You just, just. but I couldn't. So they show, they have a kindergarten class. And they're having like a drag queen show in the kindergarten class. No, they're not doing that. What are you nuts? And 80% of the United States, 70% don't believe. I can't believe. And when they say 70% don't believe, I say, I don't know where that other 30% is. I mean, they're brain dead. I mean, holy cow. What are you doing? What the insanity to do that? And Satan is called, man, watch this. You ain't seen nothing. He is bold enough. Satan wasn't bold enough to pull this off 30 years ago. He, wouldn't, he couldn't. Satan himself and all his evilness couldn't have pulled it off. He's bold now. He said, I can pull it off. Pull it off. You see? It's an attack on God. It's an attack on God's order. It's turning everything upside down. He said. So, so we say, Lord Jesus, we're seeing it with our own eyes. Our own eyes. Now, I'm going to say something. This is terribly convicting. <laughs> but when you look at the scripture, okay, I mean, if you don't look at the scripture, you don't understand this. But if you look at the scripture, we understand this. We have an understanding. The problem is here, a compromised church that denies the word of God or waters down the word of God to fit 
the prevalent social lifestyles is the primary source of Satan's increasing boldness. So if it's not the country, it's the church. And the watered-down church, the watered-down church frees Satan because the watered-down church has no power. The church that stands on the Word of God because everybody's mad at you and they're throwing apples at you and stuff like that. But the, that church is holding back Satan. See? And, and so you, you see that in the Scriptures and you drive down and, and I mean, you can't believe these, you know, church X, Y, Z and you see the gay flags on their signs. You know? Satan goes, and you know when Satan sees that, you know what he says? Freedom <laughs> for him. They have no power over me now. They have no power. Because they have rejected what's being said in the word, and that church has lost its power. See? He <laughs> continues to address this in Jeremiah 2.13. Jeremiah 2.13, he says this, My people have committed two sins. Okay, there's two. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns. They cannot hold water. That's it. That's what happened. And see, he's fixing... God is fixing to judge Israel. He says, okay, this is why I'm judging. I just want to let you know. You've done two things. You've done two things. You've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and you've dug your own cisterns. And they can't hold water. They can't hold water. Now, too many churches today have forsaken the truth of God and are digging their own self-made cisterns that don't hold water. And I just, facts, that's the little gay flag on the sign. That's their own cistern. They won't hold water. There's no power. And Satan, he said, I'm going to do a drag show for the kindergarten. It's all connected. It's, it's all Connected, all right? Now, so when we, we see this, we know that the church, the church, what are we supposed to do? It's kind of simple, you know. What the church is to do is to embrace Jesus, the spring of living water, as revealed in the scriptures. That's, that's all we're supposed to do, embrace Jesus. And we must shake off the lie and recalibrate just like Jesus told the woman at the well. Now, you didn't know he told her to recalibrate. <laughs> she goes, recalibrate. And Jesus said to her in John 4.10, Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God, he would have given you living water. If you just knew the gift of God, he would have given you living water. No matter what everybody else said, if you knew the gift of God, he would give you living water. Living water. See, recalibrate, <laughs> recalibrate, reject the lie, and trust in the truth of God. 
And it's, uh, you know, in, in Jeremiah, it says again, it says, Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-six says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. I am the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? <laughs> That's it. It's like, but, 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 there are no buts. I am the God of all. Anything too hard. There's no but with me. There's obedience with me, and there's me working in that situation, period. And anything you add to that is you're building your own cistern, and it won't hold water. So he's telling us. So he's telling us you're trying to, that we can understand here. And this is something we need to know when, when we see this. God's got this. I mean, he really does have this. He really does. It. Daniel's there. Oh, my God. Is that there? Gabriel, he can't whip this guy. He's like, Lord, what are we going to do? The world's coming in. And the massive world power. I'm alone. My angel is getting even taken to task. I can't get my angel through. What did I do? Okay, I'll send Michael. Let me switch. See? Well, what did Daniel do? Three weeks prayer. You know, I, I've always put myself in that position. Like, when I'm really dedicated and spend a lot of time in prayer, it's probably an hour. <laughs> I'm done. You know, I mean, I cover everybody here in an hour. Daniel's three weeks. Three weeks. I can see God come and say, okay, Wallace, come on. Give me in two hours. Oh, gosh, Lord. Two whole hours. See, you see what I'm saying? No, God said, I got this, but you got to align with me, and you give me a little time, I'll take care of this. I'll take care of this. And, and he, he will be defeated. Because he said, is this anything too hard for me? You know. So we have to, we do not believe, so where we are, God has got this. We do not believe the world's lies. Isn't it funny? They want us to believe this. They, I mean, I, if I wanted to be, I don't know, anything, I'd just be it, you know? But what's the step? I want to be something, and I want to make you part of what I am. Why do you do that for? I mean, just be you, and you know, you want to be X, Y, Z, whatever. Right? But then now I want you to be that and embrace me. I know I can't do that. I can't do that. Now, all of a sudden, I'm in irritation because I won't be what they are. When I say, you can be anything you want to. What? It's demonic. It's demonic. It's about God. It's not about you. (laughs) It's not about you. It's about God. And it's destroying everything God said. Do you know what Satan's Satan said, and it talks about in Isaiah 14, and he, he says uh, when he's proclaiming who he is, you know, in, in his rebellion, it's in Isaiah 14, chapter 14, and he says this, this, and this, and then he goes, I want to be like God. 
See, understand what he's doing. I want to be like. Now, what's interesting about that statement, he didn't say I want to be greater than God. Because that's nothing greater than God. I mean, he, he even knows that. You can't be greater. But I'm going to be like him. And therefore, I hate everything God does. Does. When Satan tempted Jesus, the whole world, here's the whole world. They're having this discussion with Jesus. I mean, Jesus is having this discussion with Satan. I give you the whole world. I give you the whole world if you will just worship me. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. Just, just worship me. And disobedient is a step in worshiping him. Because it's a step and an attack and turn you back on God. So it's a step to worshiping him. And he is, he is absolutely controlled by that. Therefore, all the people that follow him are controlled by that. And so you have to accept me and be like me. It won't hold with him. You see what's going on? I mean, it just, doesn't it make perfect sense? It just makes perfect sense. And you understand what's happening around you. And you be what you want to be, but why are you so mad? Because I won't be that. Why does that upset you so bit? Because you're not embracing me and worshiping me. See? You see what I said? It all makes sense. But it's in the spiritual realm. It's what's happening. And, of course, we... They don't want you to know anything about the spiritual realm. Now, so what we have here, we need to recalibrate. All we have to do is a church. We know. We just get bombarded. Okay, let's just recalibrate and trust God's word. And trust God's word. And the word, I'm going to say, this is good. I'm going to say, the word comes to us in love, joy, and peace. Amen? So we all know. We want to start there. We want to kind of get back in this. It's a positive. We're in love, joy, and peace. It's, oh, my goodness, we're the chosen. It's unbelievable. It's just like what God has done for us. But we also kind of got to recognize that when we ignore God's word, it invites God's judgment. That goes believer or unbeliever. You know, I mean, it really does. I mean, you won't, a believer won't be judged like go to hell, but they be, go down a sinful way, and God will say, listen, we can't have that, and he'll bring something into your life to turn you around that, you know. But unbelievers, too, he, if we reject his word, if we ignore God's word, it invites God's judgment, all right? Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. It says this, God is talking. <laughs> you know, we think it out. You've turned things upside down, <laughs> right? Now we have in Jeremiah, uh, now we have in, in, in Jeremiah 23, 29. Listen, you turn things upside down, but is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? That, it's like, well, yeah, it is. That there's a power behind God's word. It doesn't just, how does Jesus destroy the Antichrist when he comes back? Word of his mouth. He just says it. He just says it. And so here's the whole thing here. So foolish 
worthless behavior will be crushed by God's truth. Now, we know it's going to happen. God's truth is penetrating, purifying, consumes evil. That's the reason they don't want us to say anything. That's hush. Love Jesus, but don't say anything. Why? Because God's truth is penetrating, purifying, and consumes evil. God's truth does not comfort people in their sinful behavior. Truth confronts the sinful heart and brings it to repentance. The true word of God convicts and converts. It neither amuses or entertains. <laughs> so this is a church when we recalibrate. This is the reason we preach every word of God. We don't dig a new cistern. We preach every word of God from the living waters. It says this. Look at Jeremiah 26, 2. We don't omit a single word. This is what the Lord says. Tell them everything I command you and do not omit a word. <laughs> the spring of living waters. If you omit omit a word, you're building your own cistern. You're starting to build your own cistern. And he said, don't you omit a word. Now, I remember when I wrote this down. It's like, I hate to say this again. He was, I was watching television. <laughs> Gosh, jeez. Maybe you are right. You go, you go, you need to cancel my cable subscription. It just, you do. Anyway, but anyway, I saw this guy, and actually, I can tell you his name, I won't, but he was a fairly conservative commentator, and he was interviewing uh, Franklin Graham. And um, I don't, about something, but this guy just lit into Franklin Graham. And I could tell even Franklin Graham kind of did a check, like, whoa, this, and I didn't think this is what we're talking about. But what this commentator said, he said, if you want to see the church grow, you have to embrace the social norm of homosexuality. That's the only way you're going to see the church grow. I'm again, this is just a comment. You would know it. If I said his name, you would know it. He's talking to Franklin Graham. I wouldn't, I don't know if I was talking to Franklin Graham and I might even like to have some insight, but I wouldn't give him instruction on how to grow his church. I just, I don't know. It's just not what would cross my mind, you know. It's like, but that's what, you want to grow, you have to. And they went back and forth, back and forth. And what was interesting, Franklin God bless him, kept bringing the conversation back to Jesus. And if you love this, you do, you've got to embrace, you can't do three, this is changing times, you know. Like, and Franklin just kept bringing it back to Jesus. The commentator, the commentator kept bringing it back to homosexuality. That's what it was. Franklin, bring it back to Jesus, commentator, homosexuality. That was the whole, what dominated each, each one of them. Now, in that, and, you know, Franklin, God bless him, you know, much to learn. You know, I love you, brother. And, you know, we just, you know, you know, like that. And it was like, it shows me how little I have grown over the years because I think I turned the desk over and just like, you didn't cry. And so that just says, what? Well, don't. Anyway, 
that's the reason Franklin's doing what Franklin is doing, and that's why you all have to put up with me. I mean, it's like this, this. So there's a tremendous lesson in this, but there's really a a tremendous lesson when we look at this is, is that we don't explain behaviors, okay? We talk about Jesus, See, don't get, and we've talked about, don't get sucked down that rabbit hole, you know. They don't believe anyway. They don't have Christ, you know. And it's like, why go there? The only thing that's going to change that demonic behavior is God himself. Don't talk about behaviors, all right? Talk about Jesus, now, Franklin, God bless him. I mean, he just everything, everything. And the guy just kept pressing. Well, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, I trust Jesus, I follow Jesus. The guy once said, no, not, this is what you believe. He goes, no, this is what Jesus believes. <laughs> Go, Franklin. You know, it was there. But so, what? this is huge. Don't try to explain behavior. You know, talk about Jesus. Move it back to Jesus. This is what you believe. This is what Jesus believes. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, well, if Jesus loves him, Jesus loves everybody. But Jesus will accept Jesus died for them. I mean, Franklin had it down. I mean, old Franklin had it down. Now, is that there? But in two, he is caught off guard, you could tell. But the point of it, but you see the lesson. And also, Franklin knows where the warfare is. Wasn't the guy? The warfare's here. The warfare's here. Really fascinating and see that. So here we are. We'll kind of wrap things up here. Just as God foretold, just God told us in Isaiah, this is an upside down world where the clay is trying to tell the potter what to do. Don't don't be confused about anything else to say. It is the clay trying to tell the potter what to do. Not going to work. It's not. And therefore, because this is what's happening, therefore we must resist the lie and align ourselves with every word of the scriptures. We reject what is polluted and align with what is pure. We have to recalibrate. We have to recalibrate. Psalms 12, 6 says this. The Lord's words are pure. Like silver purified by fire. Like silver purified seven times over. It's the word. It's the word. Recalibrate. Recalibrate. The very foundation of our faith demands we drink from the spring of living water. And share that living water with all who are thirsty. Don't get wrapped up. Well, explain this behavior big then. Well, explain this to me. When you're talking to people like that, I want to tell you something. This is, sounds crap. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't. I mean, they, 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 they don't. It's like arguing with your six-year-old why he shouldn't go to school that morning. You know, he'll never shut up, argue. You know what he's talking about. <laughs> Amen. See, you don't argue with him. You don't argue with him. See, and, and that uh, overstate, but it's not. 
You don't argue with people that don't know what they're talking about. God has already said you've turned things upside down. They are the people that give drag shows to five-year-olds. Well, see, and there's not much difference. This, this is what happens. And it is an direct attack on God. The only thing that would change that is Jesus. The only thing that would change that is Jesus. And if one of these people came to know Christ, I mean, all they'd have to do is come to know Christ and trust him as their Savior with all their heart. They would not give a drag show to a five-year-old. Don't, don't get confused. Satan, Satan is the master of the lie. He's the master of the lie. And he is the master of sucking us into a position where we look for, you're just unaccepted. You just don't love people. You just, well, no, I love people. Jesus loved me. How do you know? He died for everyone. Well, how do you know he did? He didn't really. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Jesus and this. What he did on the cross. He, he loved, and he did it because he loved the world. He said the world. He loved the world. And all the things, anyone in the world, look to him. You know. They're washed clean. Amen. Don't talk about the behavior. Talk about Christ. And again, they do not know what they're talking about. So why go there? Why go there? Go to Jesus. And they definitely don't know what they're talking about. But we do. <laughs> so just bring them over in our sight. And we'll talk about that. Because we do know what we're talking about. And then it's just really, really simple. We don't even have to know a lot. You know, somebody said, I don't understand. The, tell me about Noah the Ark. They don't know nothing about Noah the Ark. So why talk to them about it? They don't know. They just confess. They don't know anything. So why talk to them? They don't know anything. Probably don't. See? But you move it back. So that proves that you're smarter than they are. You are smarter than they are. Do you see what I'm saying? They don't know. Okay? And they're just trying to confuse you because they don't know. Well, we bring it back to Jesus because we do know about Jesus and we have an answer with the things of Christ and so we share the things of Christ and what he does and the only way that anyone is going to be transformed if, if Christ enlightens them I'm telling you you're not going to change them I mean you can make a terrible evangelist you know you go out and we'll send a flat there fine no, you do it if you want to. But Jesus changes people. And that's where we take the conversation. And we just camp out. Camp out. Franklin Graham, God bless him. Now, this commentator, I'm sure, didn't accept Christ. But what Franklin did, he put the truth out there, and he camped out on what he knew and just stayed there. And that's how it moved away. See, I don't know if this guy ever come to know the Lord or not. But he got the message. He got the message, and Franklin didn't go down that rabbit hole. Now, I'm talking about the whole entire world. This is how you deal with the world. 
This is how you deal with the world. You call on Christ and present Christ. And then God moves in people's lives. Moves in people's lives. Amen? Amen. And so we recalibrate the very foundation of our faith demands we, demands we drink from the spring of living water and share that living water with all who are thirsty. And this is in-depth what we have that transforms the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You don't have to tell the drag queen anything but that. You with me? I'm telling you, nothing. Hey, a nice outfit. (laughs) You tell them this. All right? You tell them, are you with me? You tell them this. But, no, you tell them this. All right. We got it. We got it. God, it is simple. Because God is the only one that can make Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word transforms, that your word is used to enlighten people. We thank you, God, that you have given us truth. We thank you that you indwell us. We thank you that you have forgiven our sins, that we trust on you, and everything is forgiven, and we trust in that. And we trust that all a person has to do is to accept you and they receive your forgiven and have a home in the heaven. We praise you, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.